Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Gold Derby Roundtable with Charlie and Tony. I am your host, Charlie Bright. And I am your co-host, Tony Ruiz. And uh, this is our first venture uh, to talk about uh, the stuff that we all love here on this website. We got two great uh, guests from our uh, wonderful staff. Uh, first, we have our senior editor, Ray Richmond. Howdy, everybody. And we have from uh, from uh, Sydney, Australia, we have a long, long time contributor, Robert LaCoria. Hello. Ah, those dulcet tones. <laughs> those dulcet Australian tones. That's it's a great mic you got there, Tony. Wow. Why, thank you. That is, you know, I don't mean that to sound inappropriate, but that is a beautiful looking <laughs> mic. I think it inappropriate is always best that should be a yes. default. <laughs> yeah so uh we are uh we got a lot to talk about today we got we're going to talk about some news items then uh afterwards we're going to talk about our predictions for the producers guild of america and the sag awards which are going to be coming up next week so tony why don't you help us lead us off with some of these new for some with some of the news stories that we've been following for the past week well you know it, it, it's it's always very interesting and i Hate to start off with a bummer. Start off, I think that one of the saddest stories of the week was the was the news about Bruce Willis. Um, you know, Bruce Willis, who uh, revealed the diagnosis of aphasia that had uh, basically caused him to retire from acting, has now actually uh, turned out to be um, a very serious and debilitating form of dementia. Um, and it's it's really kind of a sad end to uh, a guy who really came up through the ranks. You know, with such a such a huge hit on television with Moonlighting and then, you know, parlayed that into, you know, some of the best uh, films of the late 80s and early 90s. And uh, I'm curious, uh, is, 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 is I, I was very stunned by this news. I, I, I was not prepared for how much it would af- affect me, actually. Yeah, I agree. I am... Um... Oof. Yeah, I feel like um, some of the memorializing on social media has been quite tasteful and very um, touching because it feels like he's almost passed away. That's just a feeling I'm getting. Obviously, he's still with us, thankfully, but this this diagnosis is so sad. I'm such a fan of his as well. Um, I will never forget the performance in The Sixth Sense really broke my heart and I just... I think that was one of the performances where people realized he's not just an action hero. He's actually a really, really 
talented actor and artist uh, in Unbreakable and just his great, yeah, his, his collaborations with him like Shyamalan, I will never forget. And I'm really, really sad by this news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny because there's been talk about uh, Moonlighting finally coming to streaming. And I think people forget that for all of the turmoil of that show, behind the scenes, it was doing a lot of things that a lot of shows in the 80s were not doing. Oh, I don't, I don't forget that at all. And in fact, I have a story about uh, Moonlighting. I was a TV critic at the time for the LA Daily News. And um, uh, I remember there was, ABC was going to be doing a, a big uh, kind of uh, premiere day uh, of, of its new series. Uh, another one of them was Family Matters. And uh, they saved Moonlighting for last. And everybody had one question after watching the Moonlighting pilot at an event in Century City is, was, who is that guy? Who is that star, that male star? It, he was just so sassy and so charismatic and, you know, really sort of, to some degree, blotted out Sybil Shepherd, uh, which I'm sure she didn't, wasn't terribly appreciative of, but he was so good. Um, and I loved, I think Moonlighting is actually one of the great underrated, underappreciated shows in television history. So, mm -hmm. so dense with wonderful dialogue, those scripts, those hour long scripts used to run, you know, uh, over a hundred pages because it was just rat-a-tat-tat back and forth. And um, to see someone who was so alive and so lively and so charismatic like Bruce, to have this happen first with the aphasia and then, and then, uh, you know, the, uh, to, to have it uh, turn into uh, dementia is just unimaginable. Um, I mean, I, as ridiculous as that sounds, I know uh, these things can happen to anyone, but it seems to, it seems to hit those who somehow we would seem, seem to be the least likely candidates for that. He was just so talkative and alive and animated. And um, uh, it's interesting because I'm not sure, and I'm still not completely sure what the difference is between aphasia and dementia. Uh, I think they're fairly close cousins, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's one is simply a more severe condition than the other, but 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 are but are pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, go I ahead. on top of that, when when the diagnosis first came down about aphasia. Uh, my, uh, you know, my mom's a nurse and she, when she was uh, looking at the language that they were using, sometimes if you look at the language that they're using, you can sometimes get a better idea of what's going on. And my, and uh, my mom was saying, this sounds like it's a, it's, it's going to lead to dementia. And so I was as, as, as shocked, it was something that I, I, I was kind of aware we probably would be seeing uh, over, the, over the next couple of years, but uh, you know, still seeing that headline just it knocks the wind out of you and you know i think of some of my favorite performances of his i think he's so i think i loved him and of course uh he's such a um so great in pulp fiction uh he's so great in that movie um you know of course the original die hard the sixth sense as rob said and uh, you know i think he was also like kind of working his way into wes anderson's uh group because he's really wonder he's really great in moonrise kingdom yeah well best wishes to uh to mr willis and his family um on some happier news um and 
incredibly happy news. Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are going on tour together uh, with the aptly name. I, I don't know why this name, even the name of the tour strikes me as funny. The Restless Leg Tour. Um, I, I think it's, it's almost surprising that they've never done this before, especially when you think of some of the great comedy duos that, you know, Steve Martin and Martin Short are now go on tour regularly together. Um, before that, you could think of somebody like, you know, say, you know, Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks uh, going on tour together. Um, uh, will any of us go to this? And Charlie, since, since I think the, the tour starts in Washington, D.C., will you go? Well, there's an interesting story about that. So um, uh, the pre-sale went on sale and they sold out. <laughs> well, so they sold out from the pre-sale. Uh, and I think their their first show is at the, if I'm not mistaken, my, uh, you double check on this. Is it the Kennedy Center that they're doing it at? It's at, it's at Constitution Hall. <laughs> oh, at DAR. Okay. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big, that's a big freaking venue. And uh, uh, I actually graduated high school from there. And uh, I, 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 so like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to go um, unless I uh, sneak my way in through the, by, you know, jamming myself into like the sound equipment, but let's be honest, <laughs> I can't, I can't contort like that anymore. <laughs> oh, I would love to go. Oh, that would be something that I would be very, very keen to go to. Obviously that's not going to happen. There's four dates. Um, I think Washington, Chicago, Boston, um, and Hard Rock Live. So that is going to be amazing. I love it how in their um, press release, they say, if this tour goes right, we can finally end this friendship, given that they are celebrating 30 years of friendship. Um, I hope that Netflix or somebody um, films it and streams it because I would definitely watch that. They're so good. They're just so smart and play off each other so well. Um, the smartest ladies in comedy that I've, I think I've probably ever seen. And they're, they're, you're right. It's amazing. They haven't done this before. Um, I wish they were host, they hosted award shows every year. I mean, they're so, they were so great doing the SAGs and uh, really had the exact right attitude for this. I mean, not, not for the SAGs, for the Golden Globes. That's just the right attitude for the Golden Globes. <laughs> you know, just the right touch of, of um contempt uh for the whole process <laughs> yeah um in 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 developing movie news um you know i think all of us agree that the last of us hbo's the last of us is quite possibly one of the best shows on tv right now and leave it to hollywood to try to cash in on a trend um <laughs> after uh after almost 20 uh almost 20 years uh, Will Smith is returning to I Am Legend uh, <laughs> with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Um, uh, uh, the screenwriter, Akiva Goldsman, uh, even says in the announcement that The Last of Us directly <laughs> inspired the return to I Am Legend. So my question, um, is this a project you're excited about? Were any of you fans of the original film? Well, I want to say straight up, I am a huge fan of the original film. I love it. I've seen it many, many times. Uh, I'm, I, I like the genre. I do really enjoy um, apocalyptic drama, action, and whatever, especially zombies and stuff like that. Um, although I wasn't really into The Walking Dead, to be honest. But this was great, and I'm very happy they're doing another one. I'm a little bit mixed on wanting to watch Will Smith that often, to be completely honest. I'm still 
I'm holding a few Sicilian grudges over what happened at the Oscars last last year, but um, I'll still watch it. I'm all over this. I think it's going to be great. The more, the better. Just throw, just throw the content at us, and we will devour. You know, it's weird. I remember, I remember seeing I Am Legend in the theater and being really taken with it. I was really blown away by it. Um, but I haven't, but I haven't really thought about it that much since then. Uh, so, and and the weird thing is, is that I have not watched The Last of Us uh, because I'm usually, because uh, like I'm so usually averse to any televised zombie shit um because it feels it 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 feels so overdone now i know the reviews for this have been good so i will get around to watching it at some point but uh probably sooner rather than later but um uh i'm i'm interested but it's one where i'm probably going to wait and see what some of the reviews say before i actually you know pay 25 dollars to go see it i'm just gonna screen up <clears throat> Yeah, I'm more, you know, um, I wasn't a big I Am Legend person. I'm more, more of a Shaun of the Dead guy. Um, <laughs> Why am and, I not surprised? <laughs> you know, perfect. It's perfect. And but I I thought if we're going to see Will popping up in anything in the near future, it was going to be I am pissed off or yeah um, or I will kill you. No. Uh, uh, yeah. No. You, you know, I believe he deserves another chance after the Oscar debacle, but. Um, I have to admit it's it's sort of tainted him to me. I mean, I still go back and forth on this too. I don't, how many of us, did any of us think that this looked, this looked or could have been staged at the time it happened? Yeah, I understand I that, it, that it does no one any good to have staged this. It doesn't help anyone's image. But at the time, I just thought, this is just too bizarre. It's too insane. I, I couldn't have, it seemed like something designed to to throw attention onto an yeah. award show that needed a that needed a, a shot in the arm. Um, yeah, and the thing is, like, it wasn't. Like, I thought the same thing. I think we all did. And I, I don't really. I'm not really cranky with Will Smith anymore. I feel like he just had some kind of weird break. He's obviously dealing with some stuff, maybe some mental health issues, and we have to right that had nothing to that. do with with Chris Rock. Yeah, I think, though, what I'm angry about still, to be honest, is the way the Academy dealt with it on the night with the standing ovation and the tears and all this nonsense. And he ruined this moment for so many other nominees. It's tainted that part of the proceedings. And I just feel like the Academy could have done better. I think this is probably going to parlay into what we talk about next. But I just feel like, yeah, the Academy screwed it up. And they really, I, I was, I felt sick after seeing the, the whole thing play out. So this is terrible. Terrible. I, I'm, I'm on the same page as that too. Cheryl Boone Isaac uh, made reference to that at uh, the nominees luncheon earlier this week, um, saying that their response was inadequate. And I, I'm in complete agreement with Rob, uh, apart from the actual assault itself, and let's call it what it is, was an assault. Um, to me, the thing that bothered me even more was the way that uh, it was kind of just shoved under the carpet and we were supposed to feel sorry for him at the time. And I was like, eh, it's a little weird. Hi, we're, you know, standing up and, you know, we're standing up and giving him a standing ovation. I mean, it just it, I mean, it rubbed me the wrong way. It's like if anybody else, if a random audience member had done that, they would have been immediately, they would have been thrown out. Right. And it, it feels like, you know, in retrospect, 
at the very least, he should have been asked to leave. Right. Imagine if you're Chris Rock. Like, how, I mean, this is terrible. What a look! Terrible look. What are you doing? Get out. Um, speaking of Oscar yeah. moments that uh, will live forever, uh, a new book is coming out. Um, What's uh, a book? <laughs> a book <laughs> is has those things book? that you read on a screen. Read? Uh, read? No, they haven't read to them via you know various uh, <laughs> audio book yeah, apps. Um, uh, no, uh, the New Yorker uh, writer Michael Schulman is. Uh, is, has written a book called Oscar Wars, The History of Hollywood in Gold, Sweat, and Tears. And in The Hollywood Reporter this week, there was an extensive excerpt published, uh, particularly focusing on uh, the great uh, envelope a, gate of 2017. Another great moment in Oscar history. Another <laughs> great moment in Oscar really history. history. Yeah. It's one of those uh, moments where you have to break it down. Into, I have to break it down into two things. I'm like, for the people that were actually involved, you know, both the Moonlight people and the La La Land people, I feel incredibly bad for them. Because it was a really, it's a, it was a crappy situation. However, that is still one of the greatest moments of live television that I have ever seen. I have watched that that clip like it's the like it's the damn Zapruder film. <laughs> <laughs> I pinpoint every moment as to like oh like the person I always feel bad the most bad for is Mark Platt because everything goes down while he's giving his speech and it's he turns true. to Fred Berger. And so he has no idea what's happened. Everyone is slow. It's slowly rippling behind everyone behind them. And he turns to Fred Berger to give his speech. And Berger just shakes his head like, mm -mm, no, no, don't want to do this. Don't want to do this. <laughs> but then does it anyway and still says, oh, we lost, by the way. Um, I, I I still, I was sitting by behind the grassy knoll at the time I saw this. And, um, <laughs> and, and I got to say, it was one of the most surreal things I've, I've ever, I've ever been associated with not just watching on TV, but anywhere, um, where I just thought of, of all the moments and to, and to see the look on the face of Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. <laughs> and they, they were just, they just, they were such deer in the headlights and it was just, oh, nice. well, you're what, right. what a great, me how many, what a great horrible moment. It surprises me how many people still don't understand that this was, that this was not the Academy's fault. The Academy no. did nothing wrong here. This was all on, Price Waterhouse and specifically yeah. their uh, both their accountant their their one accountant I Brian Cullinan who was which... tweeting pictures backstage like right at the time that he would have been handing uh Warren Beatty that envelope they could actually well like, and if you them. read the excerpt if you read the excerpt there is a there, it, there's a detailed almost moment by moment description of what happened backstage leading up to that about how he was showing you know uh Leonardo DiCaprio or Warren Beatty or somebody, I can't remember at this point, but how to, what the easiest way to open up the envelope so it doesn't take it too long, take too long to open the envelope. That's what envelope he was worried about. opening lessons. Is what and, the, and, and in the process, he gave Beatty the wrong envelope. He was still holding, he violated every protocol because, you know, there's two envelopes on each side. Of the, there's one envelope on each side of the stage. Each accountant has one. So that, any, um, so that wherever the presenter is coming from, they have quick access to one. Why was there an envelope that had the wrong name in it? So here it is. Here it is. Uh, so Cullinan had the best actress envelope. DiCaprio came on from the opposite side of the stage. So Martha Ruiz, the other accountant, gave him the envelope for best actress. Protocol states that as soon as the presenter has their envelope, the accountant that has the other envelope is supposed to 
get rid of that envelope, put it back in the briefcase and not hold it anymore. But Cullinan was so busy backstage not doing his job that he was still holding the best actress envelope. So when Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway got the envelope, he gave them the best actress envelope, which he should have gotten rid of by then. And what was so funny was that even afterwards, Cullinan was still saying it was Dunaway's fault. Really? Yes. Wow. He couldn't even own it. He couldn't even own it. And although... Although yeah. what we what we learn in if, if you read the piece, I encourage everybody to, to okay. look at this piece. It's hilarious. Um, is that uh, two things? Uh, Brian Cullinan got everything he deserved, um, and B. Faye Dunaway is still an impossible human being. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that I believe. Well, the, 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 I was actually recently rereading some of the coverage of this, and my favorite person in the whole thing is Gary Natoli, the stage manager. Um, because like you, and you, like, you'll see him like, like, uh, sometimes like, cause he also does like the Emmys all the time. He is like a veteran pro at this. And, uh, you know, I, uh, reading about how, you know, he's trying to get Kimmel sit, sit next to Matt Damon so they can close the show out with a bit. And he's getting something over his headphones from the assistant stage manager saying they read the name wrong. They read the wrong thing. Apparently what's really funny about what's really crazy about this also is that Cullinan had been, they had, he had been warned about this kind of thing before. He had, he had been uh, flagged for this kind of thing before for uh, not being uh, the most professional with this. What I yeah. find, the, the other takeaway that I took from this particular excerpt is the real hero of this was not just Gary Natoli, but the real hero was Warren Beatty. Um, afterwards, he held on um, to that thing. He did not let go of that envelope. Uh, you know, people wanted to look at it and he's like, nope, nope, I'm, I'm not giving it to you. The only only one person is getting this envelope and that's Barry Jenkins. And Barry Jenkins has it and it's framed in his house. Wow. Good for him. Wow. Another envelope is on display at the Academy Museum, though. This was yes. supposed to be impossible. PricewaterhouseCoopers were supposed to be beyond reproach. That could well, never be. What, like seven decades without incident? <laughs> well, yeah, well, and they, they just... didn't count on one of them sort of being a star fucker backstage. <laughs> that's the problem. And that's, I mean, us at Gold Derby know that better than anyone else and how, like, you cannot be a celebrity whore in this business. You have to do your job. And this guy, I'm sorry, but I mean, he created something that we will talk about for decades to come. It was so fun to watch. But this is, this is what's going, him. this will be the top of his, the man's obit. <laughs> yeah 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 and and i kind of even feel so slightly sorry for him because it was a moment of weakness and it kind of we've all been there and done that got the t-shirt but um i just i, I cannot wait to read this book I, I didn't know it was coming out tony mentioned it to me last week and i looked it up and i'm like figuring out how i can get a copy on amazon because i really really want to read it i love yeah it looks the, great the old damien boner um the uh the the books that he read i wrote sorry called inside oscar I wrote two volumes of it I read that cover to cover and over and over again. So I'm totally invested in this. You remember when Steve Pond used to have the yearly kind of backstage article, really long yeah. article yep. about what was going on? Like I used to just eat those up. I remember writing to Steve Pond as a young man and saying, hey, Steve, you're an amazing writer. I love reading your stuff. So like, bring it on. I can't wait to read it. Well, and just so you yeah, know, in yeah. terms of what in terms of what else is uh, included in the book, uh, they also include... Um, you know the can the active campaign that went on against uh, Citizen Kane uh, during that Oscar year, uh, the uh, Shakespeare in Love 
Best Picture campaign. And there is an afterword that mentions the slap. So Fantastic. February 21st, wherever you get your books. Can't wait. Hey, we're, not being, have a whole, we're not being could, paid to promote this book. I just I think it's know. a book that's worth reading. They could have several Harvey Weinstein chapters in it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> that man's got enough chapters of his own. Yes, he does. <laughs> Yeah, and there and 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 that's just and that's just for court transcripts. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, so, can't wait. Um, I don't think the man's ever getting out of jail at this point. Nah. Oh. No, the only way he's coming out of a jail is in a hearse. <laughs> it's true. And, and no doubt that with a big, happen. with a big, with a with big printing on the body bag that says the end. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Property of Bob W. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yet he'll probably he'll like still it. probably submit himself for Oscar consideration. <laughs> yeah. so Judy Dench will play the casket. Yeah, yes, <laughs> she will, and she will do so well. She will probably get nominated for it. She'll deserve the it next year. Um, uh, were that was that all the uh, that was it. There's yeah, one that other is this that week's we, news. That's there's one other week in news. Got. Finally, after what feels like eons of waiting we have a date for season three of ted lasso yes finally i have been i have been i have been so irritable about this and i'm usually irritable about a lot of things but this is one that i've been particularly irritable about like whenever i see like uh like whenever apple would like pop up on my twitter feed for one with one of their ads like showing like the past two seasons of ted lasso i'd reply to it season three date now yeah our long yeah. international nightmare is over <laughs> <laughs> i know right everybody stop crying stop wailing stop throwing yourself on the rocks it's happening ted lasso is coming back uh you know it I looks wrote... like it looks like the uh because they go week to week with that show and yeah. it looks like uh it's going to be wrapping up right at the right when emmy season Right when uh, uh, Emmy voting is probably going to start, I'm so, already predicting it. I, 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 we're not talking about Emmys much today, but I'm already saying that's winning. Com- I'm not making that mistake again. That's winning comedy. I would, I would like to p- remind uh, the Apple people, because uh, some of them we know actually, um, mm-hmm. uh, that I that even after everybody else on Gold Derby couldn't wait to start switching to Abbott Elementary or Hacks, I kept Ted Lasso in that top spot. I never yes. turned away from it. And yes, or, or what about the bear, the comedy that's not a comedy? That should be in drama. The comedy, yeah, depending it, on it, who there's no question. I, I am I am the lone voice. Now I have a second voice. Thank you, Rob. In the wilderness that that says this is not fun. This 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 show has no no comedy in it, and it is in the comedy category just because of its length. It makes no it's sense. Dumb. Yeah, and and um, poker face should be in comedy, not drama. Like they yes, poker face should absolutely be in comedy because yeah. Um, I haven't watched the new episode yet, but dear God, I want a campaign for Judith Light to win guest actress. She's know, right? so good in episode five. Uh, I was talking to my mom; she didn't even realize it was Judith Light. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she didn't realize it was her, and it's, I, yeah. She's I also thought that, it was a mini, that there was a mini uh, because Reed Burney was also in that episode. It was a little reunion for them oh, from the menu. Uh, oh, which, and also Essa Pay the Burkerson in that episode. 
she's damn, she's great. And like Chloe Seven Years in episode three, she's fantastic as well. They're Logan all gonna Howie in episode three is really is all, really oh my god, it's so like, good. But they're gonna have to fight it out against you know um Nick Offerman and Melanie Linsky from The Last of Us. And then I was even thinking, I know we're not we're going off topic here, but I this morning because I'm I've obviously got mental problems, I was thinking that Last of Us could take up pretty much the whole guest acting categories because they've got people like Anna Torv and the woman who plays the leader of um the Fedra uh, vigilante group. Uh, there's so many different people from that show that could get nominated. Like, um, yeah. So I'm all over that show. We'll talk about that. And next. also yeah. off topic, I I don't be- I believe the menu didn't get nearly enough love in awards season. You're oh, damn right about fun. that. You're damn. I rewatched it uh, earlier this week. So much. It's such a fun movie. I I it, adore that movie so much. It's so is fun. Poker Face is Poker Face for sure going to be competing in drama? That's what it says. That's what we have it in right now. I know. I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if if Peacock might try to submit it in comedy, but I, I doubt it. I, I doubt that they. I doubt that they will. I mean, we could be seeing a case where, yeah. I mean, between if it stays in drama, we could see seeing two shows pretty much take up the whole. And the Emmys love doing that. They do it all the time. So, oh my possible. god, did they ever? This is Peacock's first real like bona fide contender. Tender. Like they've had a few great shows, and I think a friend of the family's really good, and that could maybe do something limited. But um, this one is where they really need to put all their energy, and I, I, they've made a mistake putting it in drama. Well, I think that's as good a reason as any to trans to uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Transition. Transition. Thank you. Segue. Uh, Segue, transition. Uh, What other things does my thesaurus say? Uh, uh, To our next, to our main segment, which is going to be our, uh, which is going to be, we're going to be talking about, obviously, um, tech tech stock futures and why poor people should be shot into space. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is not the Ron DeSanctimonious podcast, isn't this? About. This is I just I just I just want less traffic in my area. That's all I want. But yeah. uh, in all honesty, we are going to be talking about uh, the award about award season uh, this weekend. Uh, by the time you you all are listening or watching this, you'll see that uh, both uh, uh, Art Directors Guild, DGA, and BAFTA have already happened. So if we say something about BAFTA, do not yell at us because I know I've done that a couple times. You know, but we didn't. We, we don't know what those winners are yet. Um, but coming up next week, we have the Producers Guild of America, and we have the big one, the Screen Actors Guild Awards. So, uh, first of all, I want to go around for predictions. Uh, with Producers Guild, I just want to stick with the Best Feature Film category, uh, because, um, I feel like that's the most prescient one, uh, in terms of what we're going with. So, uh, looking at our, uh, nominees for, uh, Best Feature Film, we have Avatar, The Way of Water, Manchie's been a Sheeran, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, Elvis, Tar, The Whale, and uh, did I? I think I named all of them, right? I think that was all. I of think them. that's. I think that's all of them. Yes. So um, uh, I'm going to start with you, Ray, Ray, since you are our most senior writer here at Gold Derby. Um, who do you have winning uh, best feature in that category? Uh, right now, I have everything everywhere all at once. I keep going back and forth um, just because I feel like everything everywhere has lost a little bit of juice over the last month, month and a half. 
I feel like Michelle Yeoh has gained, but the picture itself may have lost. Um, right now, I have everything everywhere, the Fablemans, Elvis, uh, Top Gun Maverick, and Banshees of Insharon um, as, as one, two, three, four, five. Um, but I don't know, and this is, this is off topic, I don't know if you've been following the fact that it seems like Top Gun Maverick has really been ascendant uh, in terms of buzz, in terms of votes, it seems for possibly for Oscars and probably for probably for Producers Guild as well. So um, I'm sticking with everything everywhere all at once for right now, um, but that could change in the next 15 minutes. And uh, uh, you know, um, it's it's a good field of movies. Um, you know, uh, uh, I would say uh, three or four of these could could very well win. I think the Fablemans could end up surprising a lot of people, even though it's fallen from fallen from favor to some degree since its its premiere, since its first few months of buzz. Um, it seems to have, you know, taken it taken a little bit of a dive. But um yeah, and Elvis too, you know. Everyone that's seen there, I haven't seen I haven't met anyone who's seen Elvis who didn't who didn't love it and who didn't love Austin Butler's uh, performance. But um you know that's why they uh, that's why they do these awards because we don't know them in advance and it's fun to handicap them. So right now I'm putting everything everywhere still number one. What about you, Rob? Um, okay, so like I uh, I agree with Ray. I think everything everywhere all at once is probably the safe bet for now. Um, but I'm I am very much in the camp of Top Gun Maverick could actually do this, and even at the Oscars, I feel like I feel like there's a slightly coda ish push for like the passion behind top gun obviously they're very different films and one of them's a small film one of them's a huge blockbuster but everybody seems to love top gun maverick and remember this is a preferential ballot just like best picture at the oscars and you just need a lot of passion you know and i think i'm just playing devil's advocate i can't imagine there'll be many people putting top gun maverick right down the bottom of their list um, because it's a really fun movie you know Spielberg came out the other day and said Tom Cruise basically saved the world of cinema and life as we know it as human beings um, Tom Cruise comes out at the Oscar luncheon and is treated like a rock star which yeah did you hear that did you frankly, hear that, that basically he walked in the room and everyone just lost their lunch yeah, literally lost like, their lunch over over Cruise that he would deign them with his presence with his presence and you know like um he has maybe he's got a slight reputation for being difficult. I think it's more he's a perfectionist, and he his movies are so damn good, and he has just not really um, put out a shitty movie in such a long time, and he doesn't do a lot of press. The mummy. Okay, but fine. Uh, but I just feel like this could be the one. This could be a movie where Hollywood says, you know what, we love everything, everywhere all at once, and we're going to give it a bunch of trophies, including perhaps Michelle Yeoh. But we are really, really rooting for this kind of film. To we want to make more of this really fun, smart, um, compelling blockbusters like Top Gun Maverick. So I feel like it could probably win here. And if it does, you're gonna what the sound you'll hear is all the bloggers across the world and most likely, and, and especially LA, changing their 
uh, predictions to Falcon Lab break at the Oscars. But I, at the moment, I have everything everywhere. But I'm pretty sure that before the PGA, I'm just going to change it because I don't really care if I'm the last in the predictions. I just really love going out there on a limb, and I think that's probably what I'm going to do. So that's that's what we both and that's what we both did with uh, with Andrea Riseborough. Andrea Riseborough and a paid Bob. off. You yeah. and I are the only ones. It's just you and me, man. It's just you Baby. and me running off into the sunset. The only it's... thing I strive for in my predictions is to beat Rob. So, you know, that's it. <laughs> you usually do, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Tony, what about you? What are you what are you thinking of through this? Well, I think you guys are just you know, sitting on it for too long because I've already put Top Gun Maverick as my number one. <laughs> okay. um, You're always ahead of the game. Putting us um, to shame. Um, yeah. and for for the very reason of what you guys said, you know, Steven Spielberg basically anointed tom cruise uh at the oscars luncheon and everybody saw it and everybody read about it and you know this could lead into a much longer discussion about what you know top gun maverick means for the future of cinema in person but for the sake of of what we're talking about right now um i think that it this is a big hug to the guy that basically, to the film that basically brought people back to the cinema in a big, yeah. unprecedented way. He okay. sat on this movie for a year and a half and would not, and when he was facing all sorts of pressure to put it on streaming, he said, no, this film will not go to streaming. This film will only be in the theaters. Um, and so that's why I think that it's probably going to do very well here. And the thing that I've always thought about everything everywhere, which I will admit my own bias, I was not a huge fan of. Um, but a lot of people said that the minute everything everywhere all at once got the most nominations at the Oscars, that it suddenly became the front runner. That rule hasn't been true for a long time now. Um, so I... Yeah. I think with everything everywhere all at once, yes, that film has its passionate supporters. Um, it also has people who go, hot dogs on fingers? What? What are we doing here? Um, uh, who, you know, are there, is it going to be universally uh, the film that the most voters put as their one or two or even three? Um, I think that the preferential ballot could actually hurt everything everywhere. Uh, um, so, and I think it could actually help something like Banshees of Inisherin. Um, so I've actually got everything everywhere at number two, but I've got Banshees at number three, um, because that just seems to be, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't love that film, who doesn't just go, I really, really love this film. And oh, let's face it, the, 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 the idea that there is, you know, there used to be particularly in the 90s and early 2000s, there was the typical Oscar, Oscar picture, the big sprawling film or the one that was the most original. And then, you know, in recent years, there's been films that maybe are just a little quieter, that are a little more, you know, introspective. And I think Banshees does that. Um, so I'm not saying that everything everywhere all at once can't win, um, but I'm giving the edge to Top Gun because I think it's peaking at just the right time. You know, and, and Charlie, before you jump in, I just wanted to jump in and say, building on what you were just saying, Tony, I think there's also a lot of love, not just for Tom Cruise, but for Jerry Bruckheimer. Who yeah, never... that was seeing him in that Oscar photo. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a there's some there's a guy who's been around for a while who has never really gotten his due for being such a blockbuster producer for so long. 
And I feel like this this could be a kind of a a big a big hug for him too. You know, it's interesting. You know, you say all this stuff about Top Gun Maverick, but I think to myself when I'm looking at these nominees, couldn't you also say sort of say the same thing about Avatar: The Way of Water, the way it put it it put butts in seats, and it's looking like it. And I, I think it's already become is is it official now that it's the biggest grossing movie of all time now? It, worldwide, I think. Worldwide. Yeah. So no, no doubt, any so minute. We've all we've all made James Cameron a little bit richer, and yeah. um, you know it feels kind of like if 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 not, you know if you're looking if if that's if that's an attitude you have, why not have it about Avatar? I think the difference is, is that Tom Top Gun has that kind of celebrity producer in Tom Cruise. Um, I think the other thing, but I also think the thing that that hurts Avatar is that Avatar's already been in this position once before with the original Avatar, and it didn't win then either true and there's not as much love for james cameron period there just isn't and there's not as much love for the film overall yeah it's put butts in seats for the spectacle but critically um it, it you know certainly top gun was much better received yeah. just in terms of absolute reviews and things like that like the critical praise for top gun maverick really surprised me and then it got it, it, it kept getting nominated at various critics organization groups and precursors and so you know guys sometimes when we talk about the pga we do sometimes gravitate towards what we think they love blockbusters and we all do this and, and they do but if you look at the last few winners um, they're not blockbusters. They're Coda, Nomadland. Okay, 1917 was a bit more of an action film, but that wasn't really a blockbuster. Green Book, Shape of Water, La La Land, Big Short, Birdman. Like, they're the winners from the Producers Guild over the last few years. They just love the passion. Passion. And the passion is with everything, everywhere, all at once, um, with Banshees and with Top Gun Maverick. I don't see a lot of passion for um, Fablemans. I think that's more of a out of respect for Steven Spielberg. That's just what I think. I could be wrong. Um, and maybe Elvis for some of the steak eaters. So what do you what do you guys think? Like, uh, this is a tough one because well, whatever we're going to make an argument. Me, but, before yeah. you rudely interrupted me, Rob. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> Actually, I think I rudely interrupted you and then he, he interrupted me. Yes. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll just shift all that blame to Rob. Um, <laughs> uh, I, the one that I actually, and I, 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 part of me is just thinking, you know, what the hell, why not? I have Elvis at my number one slot right now. And I kind of feel like I, I, I don't, I don't know if I could bring myself to actually change it. I mean, I might, don't. it's one that's still, that's like, it's, it's, there's, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, that it's, what is that consensus going to be? And I just have no clue. Elvis is so popular. The Australian Academy, by the way, thanks you. Um, but Elvis is so beloved by a certain demographic, and in fact, a very wide demographic, a broad spectrum of people love that movie. Whether you love Elvis, the actual performer, the the whole myth mythology around Graceland, or whether you just love this movie because it's a, a Basmark production. It's got Austin Butler, who does a beautiful performance as Elders. The whole cast is great. The music, the, the production design. That could absolutely take this out. It's a very popular movie. Anyone who doesn't think so is probably not listening. So, Charlie, I think you should leave it there. Leave it. Yeah, it's, it this is one where I feel like we could get a real curveball. And, yeah. um, and uh, we'll just send this race into absolute chaos. And that's what we're here for. 
Yeah. The, the, the one mark against everything everywhere all at once is that there are a lot of people that said they liked it that didn't like it as much as they claimed to because they, they a lot of a lot of people were confused by it and not not as into it and i feel like that could come out and you know when once they're voting and no one's watching i think there's kind of a closet anti against that film more than any other film but it's so out it's so off the wall it's so i mean it's so beautifully made and of course we could talk about all its great qualities but I have heard a lot of people say it's, oh, I really think that movie's really lovely, but I didn't really love it like a lot of people suggesting. Tony says that all the time, and, and he's right. Um, my favourite film is not even nominated for PGA, my favourite film of the year, which was All Quiet on the Western. Oh, what a oh, such phenomenal. A and I, th I think BAFTA had the right idea about that film. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that win. Um, yeah. And also, guys, I was thinking the or maybe a slight hesitation i have with top gun maverick which is why i haven't done it yet but i will is because i don't know whether this even matters but it didn't quite go do as well at the oscars as i thought it would have yes it got the screenplay nomination but it didn't get um joe kaczynski in director it didn't get tom cruise in actor and it didn't get cinematography and i just feel like that was had the biggest shock blocks. The yeah big shock different voting blocks but does it maybe suggest a bit of like jealousy i don't know like what's going on with the producers are they going to be all over this or are they going to be like you got your big success but we're going to give this to the more artistic choice well here's my here's where i think um i never bought the tom cruise getting into best actor thing i thought that was i thought that was a ridiculous notion mm -hmm. um but um what i think and i think the shocking one is the cinematography snub um and oh, i of, do, of top gun yeah and i and sense. i and I do think that whoever wins PGA, I don't think it's necessarily going to tell us. I don't think the winner of PGA is necessarily going to automatically, like if, if, if Top Gun wins PGA, I'm not going to switch at the Oscars just yet. Um, I would really have to think about it. Um, so, but I think that for right now at this moment and with this core group of people, with this guild, that is so much about um you know you know cinema and you know let's face it producers have a financial stake in in butts in the seats at the box office mm -hmm. and i think no film had as big of an impact as top gun did uh in a way that nobody expected a sequel to a 35 year old movie would do this um especially since the first one, you know, was not net. I mean, let's face facts. The first one is kind of like this, you know, kind of macho, you know, yeah. self, self-pleasure. Rah, rah, look at, look at, look at how awesome and manly I am. And that's what this film is too. The fact that this film did so well with such a broad spectrum of people I think that right now it's peaking at just the right time for this particular award. I don't know that it's going to translate to the Oscars because we do have BAFTA tomorrow uh, and BAFTA could lead us in a whole nother direction. But for this guild of producers, I think it's the, it's, it's the, I think it's the passion pick. All right. It's well, interesting to see. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. going to be interesting to see. So now uh, we're going to transfer over to the, SAG Awards. We're going to start with TV. 
and we're going to start with uh, we're going to start with probably the people that probably work the hardest. Our TV stunt ensemble. Our nominees are Andor, The Boys, House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and Stranger Things. Ray, what do you have for that? Um, I think um, I think House of the Dragon. I feel like House of the Dragon is going to start getting a lot of love, and and it um, you know it's following so closely in the in the footsteps of um, uh, of its predecessor of uh, Game of Thrones. I feel like it's um, it's going to continue in that same um, that same kind of vein uh, and do well and do well in stunts um, and. Mm-hmm. When you watch it, it, it's it's all so seamless and so beautifully done. Rob? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Game of Thrones did quite well in this category in the past. And um, if not House of the Dragon, I would say Andor, but I think this one's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm House of the Dragons as well. With I've got the boys in second only for hopeful purposes. I have Andor at number one, and I think I'm going to keep it there. Because I'm the iconoclast. I'm the rebel, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You and Elvis, man. That's right. I hope you're right. right. Moms moms don't want want their sons to bring me home to dinner. No, thanks. Maybe because I I eat everything. Um, uh, TV movie mini actress. Our nominees are Emily Blunt for The English, Jessica Chastain for George and Tammy, Julia Garner for Inventing Anna, Nisi Nash, Nisi Nash bets for Monster Jeffrey Dahmer story, and Amanda Seyfried for the dropout. Right? You know, I like, um, I like, you know, I know Amanda um, is probably the favorite. Um, uh, I like Nisi. Um, I feel like, you know, I, I just watched a few episodes of Dahmer again, and she is so good. Uh, and it, she's just such a perfect counterpoint to the chilling sort of overmodulation of um of uh, Evan Peters. I feel like she's um she's the one to beat here and I feel like you know she's um it's a great group of actresses, but I think she stands out. And um she already won, I think she won at uh, Critics Choice, didn't she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh yeah I think um and Amanda did, did Amanda also win? She won at yes. something. Um, and she won the globe too yeah yeah i feel like this is this is going to be nisi's race okay i i um i think amanda will just win this by default um the sag voters tend to do that sometimes nisi's probably in second though um it's really they're both probably really happy that um jennifer coolidge is not in the category anymore um oh my god she wins everything (laughs) yeah yeah and she's so entertaining while winning oh Absolutely, <laughs> Tony. I still loved her. Her Emmy acceptance speech is still my favorite of the year. So she started dancing to the playoff music. <laughs> uh, I'm going with I'm going with Amanda. Um, I've got Nisi in second. I'm also going with Amanda. I think this is going to be an easy triple victory, triple crown. So victory. I'm the iconoclast this time. Yes. You That's right. Okay. Uh, TV movie mini actor nominees are. Steve Carell for The Patient, Taron Egerton for Blackbird, Sam Elliott for 1883, uh, Evan Peters for Monster, Jeffrey Dahmer Story, and Paul Walter Hauser for Blackbird. I, I like Evan here, um, even though I think Paul Walter Hauser is, is a very strong second and could pull it off. 
Um, but, uh, you know, everyone was so repulsed by the very idea of a Jeffrey Dahmer miniseries. And, um, but it was so well done. Uh, uh, and, you know, if you can, if I can use the term tastefully done, where you didn't really see any of the deaths or anything else, you just heard noises. Um, and Evan is so good. He's just chilling, uh, powerful, intense. Um, I think he's um, he's already won. He already won a the he already won an Emmy. Did he? Did he not? Uh, yeah. No, yeah. The Emmy won. was for the Emmy was for Mayor of Easttown. For Mayor of Easttown, East yeah. And East I think he's going to end up yeah. winning the Emmy for this too. But I think first he's going to win the SAG. Yeah, I agree. I think he will win. Um, I think Paul Walter Hauser and Tarrant Edgerton both being in the category is the dreaded votes that will slightly disadvantage them. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think this is really even a race, to be honest. Yep, Peters. I have Peters. I'd watch out for Steve Carell, though. I'd love that. You know, sometimes they just like, they, they go, they, there are certain people that you just like. And I have a feeling like they might do that for him. But I still have my money on Evan Peters as well. Yeah. Yeah. TV comedy actress. We got Christina Applegate for Dead to Me. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, Jenna Ortega for Wednesday, and Gene Smart for Hacks. Tough race. Um, lot of, lot of, lot, any of these five could win, um, I really think. But I think it's, I think there's going to be, in part because of her health issues uh, with MS and such, and because she's long overdue for some recognition, from one of these award shows and one of the ceremonies, I think it's going to be Christina. Um, I think Quinta could win, but Quinta's also gotten a lot of love already from a lot of different places. Um, uh, and I think Jenna Ortega is a year away, um, mm -hmm. as great as she is on Wednesday. Um, and Jean yeah. Smart's already been honored, so I feel like that leaves Christina. I feel like um, they could absolutely just go back to the well on Jean Smart. Like she just keeps winning, although Quinta Brunson has finally broken through that. Um, but I, I, I agree. I think Christina Applegate might actually have this, and I really hope she does. Um, I'm. Why not? Let's give. Let's let's mix it up a little. And Christina Applegate, like, it's just heartbreaking to see what she has gone through health wise. Oh my really, god! Really the yeah, I might switch to Applegate because the SAGs have proven to be a rather uh, um, uh, sentimental bunch. I mean, they gave Betty White uh, two consecutive awards mm -hmm. in this category for Hot in Cleveland when she was kind of at her peak, and I can see them doing it. I have Quinta right now, but I might switch to uh, Christina. I am going to stick with Quinta Brunson because it, this this run is reminding me a lot of 30 Rock, and the, and a lot of time and you know sometimes that specifically in this category SAG does like the uh, creator actress combo we saw it with Tina Fey we saw it with Phoebe Waller Bridge mm. uh, for uh, for the flea bag and I, I I'm going to stick with Quinta Brunson I think she's I think I feel like she's uh, this is going to be uh, an easy win for her especially because she has no other uh, none of her uh, castmates are up against her have you no heart. No, the no. poor woman has MS. No. Ask, my, ask, ask my ask my cardiologist. I don't have one. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, TV comedy actor. We have Anthony Kerrigan for Barry, Bill Hader for Barry, 
Steve Martin for Only Murders in the Building, Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, and Jeremy Allen White for the hilarious comedy, The Bear. I think it's going to be Jeremy. Um, you know, he's already won a few of these things at different ceremonies. And um, as unfunny as he is, he's a great actor and incredibly intense. And this is such a unique and beautifully shot show. I love The Bear. It just isn't a comedy. But if you forget the fact it's TV comedy actor and you just called it TV actor, he would very much qual he he would absolutely deserve the win and I think he'll get it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this is really a He's the it boy now. Yeah, he's the it boy. Two Barry's two only murders. That helps him as well. Um yeah, this yeah, I don't even think there's a discussion to be had. <laughs> I think he's winning. <clears throat> I, I think so too. Uh, although I have I have the spoiler to be Anthony Kerrigan, mainly just because I like to be contrarian, but also he's the literally the funniest. He is what makes Barry, he's what makes Barry a comedy, he's so um, and is and the fact that he even got in here uh, over Henry Winkler tells me something. So, uh, but I have but I have Jeremy winning. I also have Jeremy winning. I just echo everything you said there, Tony. I also have Anthony Carrigan as number two um, because that would make me uh, so happy. He is he's not just what makes that show funny. He uh, especially in this third season, he is the heart of that. He is show. the heart. And of a show that is so hard to find a heart for sometimes, but man, I was going to say it is about a about a, a you know a hitman. Yeah, but I mean, he's just he's he's always nailed it, and I love that he's got a two Emmy nominations under his belt. Um, and hopefully, uh, if the show continues uh, or when the show continues, we'll get some more. But yeah, I think Jeremy's got this TV comedy ensemble. We have Abbott Elementary, Barry, The Bear. Hacks and only murders in the building. Um, I think this is going to be Abbott Elementary. It, it it deserves it. It's such a great ensemble. So much talent. Quinna Brunson, Janelle James, Howard James Williams. Uh, it's a terrific, terrific ensemble. And um, if the Bear wins comedy ensemble, I'm going to go out of the predictions business. Because... <laughs> Wow, that those hilarious guys on that show. Uh, they're not, I mean, Io Abadiri, uh is is the only exception, the only close uh, to a comedic performance that we get in the show. I think Richie is, I think Richie is hysterical. He makes me laugh at how stupid yeah. he is. Ivan Mossbacharach, yeah, he's really funny. Yeah, he, he's good. Yeah, so I guess bit, so. To its he's credit, very over the a top. fantastic ensemble. It is. It is. It's just calling it a comedy ensemble. Yeah. But any in any case, I think it's going to be Abbott. Yeah, I agree. I don't see how anything can take down Abbott Elementary when it comes to its ensemble. Yeah. Same thing, Abbott. I love all of these. I think all of these nominees have impeccable ensembles. I really love this category. Um, and but it it's to me, it's yeah, it's no question. It's Abbott. Abbott is at its is at its you know, at its what could be its peak popularity right now. Uh, it's at the right show at the right time. It's got it. Uh, TV drama actress. We have Jennifer Coolidge for The White Lotus Sicily, Elizabeth DeBecky for The Crown, uh, Julie Garner for Ozark, Laura Linney for Ozark, and Zendaya for Euphoria. Well, it's Easy. not a typical... Here's a, here's a, a question. Here, let me ask yeah. a question. Is anybody not predicting Jennifer Coolidge? 
No, Zendaya is the only one I think that would have a chance besides her. But um, even though she's always switching switching genres here, um, from limited to to drama, uh, it's impossible to until she loses one of these. It's impossible to bet against her. Yeah, that's right. Although, what a category! Wow, yeah, so good. there's some amazing talent. Normally, Zendaya would be winning this in a heartbeat, like she usually does. But Jennifer Coolidge, it just has she just she's it right now. And what's interesting to me is that this is a slightly comedic performance, so in, uh, that could work in comedy. To be completely one hundred percent honest, like and you know, just out of interest, the um the Aussie Academy nominates White Lotus in its comedy categories. I think a couple of other um groups do so because they're kind of um meshes genres i just found that quite interesting but yeah she's winning this in a heartbeat i think agreed the gays they're trying to murder her is going to take this home i mean how could it not (laughs) the gays are giving her an emmy (laughs) and a sag award the gays have been her fan base from before from before all of this we have been with her it's true uh t- <laughs> tv drama actor jason bateman for ozark jonathan banks for better call saul jeff bridges for the old man bob odenkirk for better call saul and adam scott for severance i feel like this is well obviously this is the last chance for better call saul for odenkirk um I've predicted this before, and I'm going to go down with the ship and predict him one last time. I feel like he's he's got to, at some point, it, it's just getting embarrassing. They just have to fucking do it and give him one of these. <laughs> and I don't think this is not a strong enough category to, to think that any of the others necessarily has it over him. As much as I love Jonathan Banks, not his year, I think it's Odenkirk's year. Mm, okay, so I... I'm going to be the iconoclast because I think Adam Scott's going to win this. I um I just have this feeling that Severance is really respected by the actors and um I just think the two better call souls, although Bob Odenkirk will get most of the votes for the BCS lovers, um I feel like Adam Scott's going to take this out in a bit of a surprise. I'm 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 sticking with uh, Odenkirk. Uh, I've got Jeff Bridges in second, um, but Odenkirk. Again, this is where I think sentiment plays a plays a real role here. Yeah, I'm also going. I'm also going with Odin Kirk. I feel like this is probably the best chance he has. Um, uh, absent whatever may happen in uh, uh, September uh, with the Emmys, uh, I really think like it's it it makes sense to me. Uh, it, the weird thing about Adam Scott is part of me is thinking. I would have expected maybe, you know, I might be predicting Adam Scott if like Patricia Arquette had gotten into the TV drama actress category. Um, I was about to say, well, what if like John Turturro or Christopher Walken got in, but that would take up spots in that same category. I keep forgetting because SAG television does not have supporting categories for some godforsaken reason. Uh, but I do see, I, I do see the, uh, uh, the, the way, the logic that could get you to Adam Scott, but I'm sticking with Odenkirk on this one. Drama I think that's smart. Yep. Drama Ensemble, Better Call Saul, The Crown, Ozark, Severance, and The White Lotus, Sicily. It's a very tough category. It's a stacked category. Um, And I think White Lotus is what I have on top, but that could change between now and before the SAGs. 
Um, I could switch to severance. Um, but uh, at the moment, I just think White Lotus is, uh, Sicily has got all the momentum from all the shows leading up to this and uh, is gonna, it's going to carry it through. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I, I mean, it's such a great ensemble. Um, although, yeah, this category is so stacked. I can see an argument for Severance. The Crown usually does really well here, although I just feel like that show's slightly fallen off the radar a bit. Um, Ozark's Last Chance, Better Call Saul's Last Chance, there could be some sentiment. But um, I think The White Lotus Sicily just blew people away. The acting in that is just incredible. And uh, we get to see some really, really amazing Italian actors actually take home an actor. Uh, that really makes me happy too. Agreed. I've got I've got White Lotus. I also think you know White Lotus. It, it is to me of these five programs. It is the most ensemble show, uh, with that with type of ensemble cast. One I got to keep my eye on uh, my eye out for though is Ozark. This is a show that they have really uh, that they really like. They've given Jason Bateman a couple wins here, and uh, you know I and it has the most nominations of these shows. It has two in TV actress and one in drama actor. So I wouldn't count that one out. Maybe I may have to move it up to number two, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm sticking with White Lotus Sicily on this one. Okay. All right, now we're going to be transferring, uh, transitioning over to film. Uh, our uh, uh, our apologies, uh, Rob Lucaria had to depart because, like, he has a family or something. Like that's an excuse, but you know, well, he was just humiliated at all at the lack of things that he had to say about the previous nominees. Exactly. <laughs> so he had to bury his head in shame. <laughs> he had to literally go outside and stick his head in the sand um so yes yeah, so now we are at the film categories so we're going to start it off best film stunt ensemble we have avatar the way of water the batman i always think of that in heath ledger's voice the batman uh <laughs> black panther wakanda forever top gun maverick and the woman king Ray, what's that? I, I like I Top Gun Maverick for this. Um, there were some amazing stunts in that film. Um, so there was some amazing choreography too, despite what um, the Oscar voters believed. Um, but uh, no, I think stunt ensemble is, is Top Gun. Um, the, you could make a case for any of these five, but um, uh, I think they put the most um, money and pizzazz into the stunts for that film. And it's going to pay off. Yeah, I'm a, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I think Top Gun has it. I don't even think it's really that close. No. Yeah, I have I have Top Gun in my number one slot. Interestingly, though, in number two, I do have The Woman King. Yeah, oh, that's a great choice. Yeah, uh, but I do think it, it, it's one of the, it's the stunt one. The stunt categories is always one where it's it's always really just sometimes a roll of the dice you know you never know where 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 these where the um attitudes of these of the of the voters doing this are going to line up but i think top gun maverick is pretty safe bet yeah i think so too <laughs> i think there's safe bets in our next two categories as well we'll see uh film supporting actor we have paul dano for the fablemans brendan gleason for the banshees of inisherin barry kogan for the banshees of inisherin Ki Hoi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once and Eddie Redmayne. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I think it's just Ed Ray. Oh, yeah. Redmayne? You're, you're joking. Redmayne? I don't, I don't know. Eddie Redmayne <laughs> for The Good Nurse. Well, I don't think you can say, I think you, you've got to go with Paul Dano here. And no, I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Kei Kwan, if he loses, then the, the earth stops spinning on its axis or it starts going in the other direction. I think he's pretty much the only lock lock that you can see for every award show going forward, every award show being the SAGs and the Oscars. Um, he's so good and he's such a great comeback story and all of the great stuff he has said in his acceptance speeches and the previous wins leading up to this all point to him being unbeatable. Yeah, I think all future references to the supporting actor category at every award show going forward is just going to be a uh, mention of, of, of Key because of, of all the things Ray said, he's got the narrative, he's got the performance and he's knocked it out of the park. He, he's just somebody you just wanna give a hug to. So I think he's so going all the way. Charming. He's so he's... damn charming and likable. And, and I think, you know, they're gonna change the name of the category going forward to best imitation of Kei Kwan. Um, <laughs> even in subsequent years, that's what it will be. And I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, Kei Kwan, I think, has uh, is got this. Um, I, it, it's it, it doesn't even mention it doesn't even merit talking about what's number two. Uh, he is so far ahead out in this, and he's probably one of the only category. He's the only cat acting category I feel is really locked for this season. Completely. Uh, on to our more volatile categories. We have film supporting actress. We have Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Stephanie Hsu for, St for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Well, I, I've gone back and forth a little bit, but you know, I've landed ultimately on Angela Bassett just because she's got... Um, as Tony would say, the sentimental vote, for sure. You know, she seems to have that. Although one could make a sentimental um, choice for Jamie Lee Curtis as well. And and they're clearly one, two. Um, the question is, which is one and which is two? Um, Jamie Lee, uh, actually, uh, I attended the AARP uh, Movies for Grownups Awards, and she was the... Uh, lifetime achievement winner and she gave such a lovely speech and I wonder if there are a lot of SAG voters in that audience who heard it because she was so terrific and so charming um, but I still feel like this is Angela Bassett's year and I think there's a little embarrassment possibly in the Screen Actors Guild that she hasn't really been honored since What's Love Got to Do With It and that that's on them. Yeah when and What's Love Got to Do With It there wasn't even a SAG award at that time exactly um, yeah i actually uh the only area where i disagree with you is that in that i think this is a lock um i don't think there's any i think this is angela bassett's year i think uh, i think at sag could be this is this is where she is a lock i'm not gonna say that she's a lock at the oscar i think she's a strong front runner at the oscars but i think here at sag um they're far more sentimental and they're far more narrative driven. And I think she is so overdue. Um, and she's again, knocked it out of the park at every place she's won thus far and gotten standing ovations and, and so on. And, and so I think forth. there was a little surprise, Tony, you, know, you think going in. Oh, I don't think any, I think, I think what started this train was the golden globes. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's what started this train. And we see it happen every so often, you know, sometimes there's critic, you know, Carrie Condon has kind of been the critics favorite, or you've seen Jamie Lee Curtis or Stephanie Hsu or somebody else show up in supporting actor, you saw Kiki Palmer show up at a couple of 
critics awards but um once the band once the ball got rolling at golden globes nobody has wanted to derail this and 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 so hey if anybody's going to make history as the first actor from a marvel film to earn a performance i mean basically heath ledger did it with 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 dc with the joker so you know angela bassett's the perfect person to do it you know and i also think it's sorry to interrupt charlie no it's all right i feel like um and this may be controversial to say but the fact that both of them are um you know performers of of different race of color um helps them a lot and makes them locks because i think they i think sag um is is even probably possibly at least equally conscious about appearing too white to uh to as the oscars yeah. it's interesting to 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 throw on to add on to that you know they were the one major precursor that went for halle berry uh the year that she won for monsters ball sissy spacek had been dominating everything yeah. uh and the only one who had won any the only other person who won anything else was nicole kidman at the globes uh for Roulade rouge but sag went with halle berry and that ended up being the most press and that ended up being the what carried the day on that one you know they've also they've also been very fond of going with you know other times uh, like having this pension for going for overdue performers that haven't really got that haven't gotten their uh just yeah. recognition i think of like ruby the d ruby the ruby d win for american gangster we all know that although that is for me that's the original the slap you know that is the original the slap for me because that in the way like you don't you don't slap denzel washington and not get rewarded for it okay um that's but true I, and but i am on the same train as i think i'm i'm on the same boat as you guys i think it, i don't think if there is going to be anywhere that derails it it will be bafta not sag sag feels like this even like if she had lost the golden globe uh, this feels like SAG is just a ripe place for them to reward her. And I think she's going to win that one fairly easily. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Jamie Lee. Um, Jamie Lee's got a chance at the Oscars, but it's still probably going to be Angela. Yeah. And deservedly so. Film actor Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Bill Nye for Living. And Adam Sandler for Hustle. Especially after his Critics' Choice Awards acceptance speech, which I think really helped him. Um, well, Brendan Fraser just, just seemed like a raw nerve all through awards season, like he's been on the verge of tears. Um, and and I don't say that derisively. I think when I watched The, the Whale, I was incredibly moved Part of, you know, I wrote a piece actually for Gold Derby about this, that I actually had a brother who was morbidly obese, who died in 1973 um, of a heart attack at age 17. And um, uh, and I, who was, he was over 300 pounds, and I had a personal, kind of a personal, uh, you know, almost, um, uh just a personal reaction to it and and it um it was it, it so it what I, I guess what i'm trying to say is that maybe i'm not even uh you know I, i'm not a disinterested sort of just predictor on this one i have a, almost a personal stake in 
Brendan's candidacy. And but I just think he's so good. This is the only year where I think Austin Butler could lose in the because of Brendan Fraser. Otherwise, we know how much um, uh, SAG and uh, uh, the Film Academy love iconic uh, musical performers, uh, and the actors who impersonate them. It has happened time after time, but I just think Brendan Fraser turns in such a powerful performance in this film, and he's such a great redemption story. You know, just like Kehai Kwan, but but even more so that he was so dismissed for so long as kind of a hack performer when it wasn't really true. But I think it's going to it's going to really. It, I can't see SAG giving it to anyone but him. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Um on this one, you know, this is one of those cases where um, I think one of the things we've seen in recent years with a lot of the different guilds and, and the Oscars and things like that is that vote is that there are trends and then there are narratives that break trends um, that, you know, is the is is the whale the most critically beloved film? No, um, there are some people who are very actively against that film, um, but I don't think there's anybody that's actively against Brendan Fraser. Um, I think his narrative, the comeback narrative, and just how um, authentic and real and emotional he's been throughout the season, um, uh, I think, really helps him. The you know the thing, and what I'm about to say might sound controversial, but I think Austin Butler has a problem, and that is. There has been so much focus after he won the Golden Globe. A lot of the coverage about it and a lot of the coverage since has focused not on his performance, but on his voice uh, and the fact that his voice has not that he still kind of has that. But he voice, still sounds like Elvis. That he still sounds like life. Elvis when he's talking. And there yeah. was even a piece, there was even a piece I read the other day where somebody asked, I think Angela Bassett about it. And she said, at some point you gotta let that go. You know, it's starting to feel to me uh, like it's like when Lady Gaga was like campaigning for House of Gucci and she talked about how like she didn't break character for a year and a half. That doesn't exactly endear you to to voters. Sometimes it sounds pretentious. And so I think Butler runs the risk of, of some people not necessarily responding. I think I've got him in second. I think he could win. Uh, but I think, uh, I think Frazier has the more uh, compelling narrative and the performance to back it up. Yeah. And yeah, you didn't see him walking around being 600 pounds for the last year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, when I saw the whale at um, at the Milberg Film Festival, uh, I was uh, it, it affected me very much. You know, being uh, being both a gay man and also uh, a heavier gay man as well. Uh, and I was uh, by the end of that movie, I was sobbing. And uh, it was interesting. Uh, a variety of awards editor Clayton Davis uh, and his wife were in the row in front of me, a couple seats down to my left. And uh, Clayton's wife, Jessica, who's a real who's a real sweetheart, she looked at me. She sees me like sniffling and tearing up, and she leans over to Clayton and goes, "Wow, that movie really got to Charlie." <laughs> and um, I it, it really I do, it got to me too. Yeah, I was and, tearing up too. and I really feel like the 
the performance, you know, I see, you know, I, I the performance really did really uh, spoke to me and really and really affected me. However, I feel like I, I for some reason I just feel like this is one where Austin Butler. I'm actually going with Austin Butler on this. I have him winning this. I think that this is just going to be one of those things where even though uh, Elvis did not perform uh, the way that uh, that some of us thought, I I thought Tom Hanks was going to get into supporting actor here, and I thought it was going to get into ensemble as well. Uh, but I really feel I feel like this is one where it's the, he's going to edge that out. I feel like it's uh, I, I just feel like it's going to be like a more populist choice. Um, the one that we haven't one that we haven't uh, mentioned, who I do feel has a still has a legitimate shot here, is Colin Farrell. Um, I think he has a very very good shot here. Banshees is so uh, is so is is nominated for what five? I think. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, so got, got five nominations here. Um, and we know everything ever all at once is winning at least one of those with Kihei Kwan. And so I think, you know, uh, Banshee, you know, Colin Farrell is one of those, I think he's very much in this conversation. Um, but yeah, possibly. Yeah. It just, it seems there, there's, it's hard. It's just hard for me to imagine anybody's name, but Brendan Fraser coming out of, out of the mouth of the person opening the envelope. I've just, I've gone through this back and forth many times. But yeah, I mean, this is, and it is a three-man race. Yeah. So I think part it, of it for me is also that it feels like since the Oscar nominations came out and the whale underperformed, not getting into picture or screenplay, I feel like it, at least my sense of it is that its momentum has, it's not gone off the rails, but it's stalled a bit. And so I feel like maybe that could that could translate here and uh, Butler would take would be the beneficiary of that. Possibly, yeah. No, I, I agree. yeah, I, I I think I slightly disagree because I don't think that if 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 the whales' momentum has stalled, I don't think Elvis's is any greater than it was before. And Brendan's has not stalled, even mm-hmm. while while the whale has. Okay, well. Uh, we will we will see about that. It's it's weird that we're not in dis- uh, that we're not in agreement, and only one of us can be right. So um, battle to the death. And now and and that's why Bill Nye will end up winning. I will be so happy. <laughs> I will be so happy if Bill Nye wins this because I think he will just give the most bizarre, crazy accepted speech. Oh just God, yeah, dumbfounded, and I will be here for it. I will be here for it. Uh, film actress. Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Viola Davis for The Woman King, Danielle Deadweiler for Till, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Wait a minute. I don't see Andrea Riseborough's name on here. Wait a minute. Let me. Actors didn't respond to that movie from what How I. How can I? Wait a minute. <laughs> Actors didn't respond. Francis Fisher could only do. Francis Fisher could only do one award show. <laughs> Actors didn't respect, but the actors did do all of the campaigning for her, of course. Um, and act, did 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 you guys? This is off topic. But did you guys see um, uh, to Wesley? Yes, yeah. I watched it. I watched it last weekend. I thought it was. I thought she was. She was fantastic. She's the, just really. She, she's really. It was good. better than the film itself. Oh, absolutely. 
Uh, part of me was also like a little miffed, like, you know, if they're going to go bad for her, why not also, you know, throw some love for Mark Maron. He's really good in that. Mark Maron is one of those people who's been delivering great performances the last several years. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I, but I, in, yeah. In terms of this category, though, um, this is, there's a lot of firepower here. And um, I think it's it's still possible that somebody like Danielle Deadweiler could surprise, shock everyone. Uh, probably won't happen, and I'm I'm picking Michelle Yeoh, even though I know Kate is the safe choice. Um, I I think that there's there's a lot of love for Michelle, and and I feel like uh, uh, you know the K High Kwan um, vibe is going to is going to stretch to include the best actress category, and um, I can, I've gone back and forth, but I think Michelle is going to take it. And then and Kate's, I have Kate's second, Danielle third, Viola fourth. I'm, I actually think it's, it's more daring to predict Kate Blanchett because um, this is a, a film, this is a performer who we always expect great things from. And um, it would be really easy to say, okay, Kate's been rewarded enough and it's time for Michelle. And if Michelle wins, I will be thrilled. Uh, because I'm a huge Michelle Yeoh uh, fan, but I'm still waiting to see Kate lose something, and she doesn't. She keeps winning. Yeah, um, she won all, all the Critics Awards too. Uh, New York, you know, LA, and 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 there is a passion for Tar uh, that I think you know. It reminds me a little bit of when we were kind of like saying, "Oh yeah, Frances McDormand's not going to win." best actors at the oscars you know she's already won twice and she just won a few years ago and yeah i mean it's been i think what a decade almost a decade since um since she won for blue jasmine um and people are saying this is the and this is the greatest kate blanchard performance from somebody who's already won two oscars i'm sticking with kate until i see her lose something mm-hmm. that's been my motto all the way through the season until i see kate blanchett lose i'm having her win everything all the way up to the oscars I am also sticking with Kate Blanchett on this one. Uh, I really feel like I feel like so many people have cemented, like just cemented their love for this, and it feels like it's it's for, to a degree not able to be altered uh, on any on anything. Although I do think that if Michelle is um, that Michelle is that if, if there's any place where she would likely upset, it would. This is probably the biggest place where the most likely place where she would. Um, what I would actually love is uh, I, I'm also very reluctant to pick Michelle Yeoh because she's the person she's personally the one who I would want to win, and I'm always apprehensive about about predicting someone who I who I personally have you know my own personal investment in. Uh, but I the weird thing is is that even if Kate were to win both here and BAFTA, I could still see Michelle Yeoh possibly upset at Oscar. It does, I agree it, completely. It feels very, like, this is going to be, this is, no matter what, this is going to be a very, very tight and and uh, suspense-building race until that envelope is open at the Dolby Theater. Yeah. But and how refreshing, I, how refreshing for that. 
to not see the same winners just steamroll through. Well, we, I, in all I, fairness, we got it in this category two years ago. It was absolute chaos. And just like you were saying, it ended up being Francis. Yeah. Um, and Anthony Hopkins. Oh, my God. It's like, it's just like that year where it's like, yeah, the supporting this it's like that same year. I mean, everybody knew there was going to be Daniel Kaluuya and uh, and uh, Yo Chung Yoon. But the lead the lead ones were the ones that were giving us agita. I see my I think Tony and Charlie, my my uh my look at my view of this is probably tainted by the fact I just did not like Tar. Uh I'm probably in the in the minority in that, but it just I just I I I sympathize with you because I, I wouldn't say I didn't like it, but when I saw it and compared to especially like all my friends, what they, they were, uh, especially uh, in the film critic community and other writers. I know, they, they writers, just adored it. I, they, were, they were singing his praises to high end. And I'm just like, I don't get it. Uh, no. you know, like, she, Mark, she was just such a contemptible character. And I know that that's also a great performance. Um, the fact that I hated her so much in the film, but it tainted my ability to, to like it. But let me throw out one more scenario for you guys before we move on to the next cat to the last category here. What if I know all there was the giant group of actors who got together and decided we are going to get Andrea Riseborough nominated? What if a, there was a similar conspiracy behind the scenes and they all said, you know what, to make up for this, we're going to all get together and and pick Viola Davis, or we're going to all get together and pick. Um, I, I, I would not I, put it past them. I would Daniel not... Deadweiler. Wouldn't that be interesting? That'd be fun. Yeah. It would be fun. I don't know that enough people, I think one of the things that hurt Daniel Deadweiler is I don't think enough people in outside of critics saw Till. Um, I think that if anybody were to be the upset, I think it would be, you know, the newest EGOT, which would be Viola Davis. Right. Um, and, this right. Is a, and this is a group that loves, loves Viola. Viola. Right. So I could totally see that it would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would that be just be... just as shocking as. Well, as she has one of my favorite. I mean, the year that she won from Ma Rainey, and she literally like you know they, everything was remote then, and she's like, you know, she did and everything. Her husband was just sitting by, didn't even flinch, and it looked like she easily could have like backhanded him off the <laughs> camera. But he was just he was stoic and just like, <laughs> yes, very good, very good. Okay, yeah. It was this or, or having tea, but, but this is slightly better. Um, yeah, I mean, she is my number three in the category. Yeah, uh, because mine, mine too. They, 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 SAG loves her, and there are some, you know, this is just a, a group of actors that have always really responded to her. So yeah, no, she's a great never, actress. Never, compl never completely count her out. Right. And finally, best cast in a motion picture nominees are. Babylon, The Banshees of Inishirin, The Fablemans, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Something About Women Talking. <laughs> Who told them they're allowed to do that? I'm sorry. That I, I, I'm going to say, that's been women my talking. Joke. That's been my go-to. You don't need to go to a movie theater. All you need to do is come to my house. Um, <laughs> um, Please direct your tweets and emails to Charlie Bright. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm, i have everything everywhere all at once for this I, it's a great ensemble and um uh 
you know, although Banshees could win too, it's also a great, I mean, I, I think those those are one too, um, uh, as they are, I think, in the odds. Um, I think everything everywhere, this is a perfect category. If if they don't, if they only honor Kehai Kwan here, this is another way to to show you this was a special film and we really appreciated it, is by it winning in this category. We haven't ever talked about Babylon and Babylon hasn't gotten much love throughout any of the award shows throughout award season. I don't know what you guys thought of it, but oh my fucking it's Because God. it's not a very good movie. Well, it's not even, it's not about whether it's a good movie for or me movie. it was just the most over-the-top insane it was the most movies. movie it was, it was hedonism the motion picture i'm i was like paramount released this i was just shocked that how did how did damien chazelle pull this off where he where they like and they let it go for three hours and 20 minutes didn't cut anything i it, it was just the most baffling I mean, there were some great. There were a couple great scenes, and I know this is completely off topic. A couple great scenes, like um, the one where they're, you know, doing the first talking under the lights, and everybody's sweating, and and it's hot. And, oh God, that's that's such. That a was a great scene. That was a great scene. There, and there were a couple great scenes, but and that party at the beginning, uh, you know, vomiting and 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 pooping on each other, and oh my God, it was just. Yeah, really selling it, or or as it's known in my in my house, Thursday. <laughs> Thank you very much. Again, address your tweets to Charlie Bright. Um, I'm actually going with Banshees. Um, I think that you know this was the most nominated film, and and it we've seen Martin McDonough do this at at SAG just recently so um i think this is the place where they're going to reward banshees yeah i have everything everywhere i think that this one this is one of the few places where predicting everything everywhere for the top award feels like a safe bet for me um you know i would i would i think banshees is very much in this but you know i Women talking, man. That has such an amazing ensemble. That would be the one I would vote for. That would be the one I would vote for. Yeah, yeah. and it's such, and it, it's one of those things, like you know, like this, like this is a category that was made for it. And if it couldn't get in here, like what are we doing? Uh, especially good, you know, uh, the, Ray. You and I will agree on this: the fact that the menu isn't here. You know, that was a great on. That was a fantastic been here. And you, you know what else was great? Um, that didn't get any love, almost no love during award season. It, 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 keeping the, the the women theme here, as she said, I think she said it was a terrific film. It's a great journalism film. Um, every bit as good as Spotlight, that won Best Picture several years ago, and won this award as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I I I think it was un highly underappreciated. But anyway, there you go. That show is. Yeah, and so I'm. Yeah, I'm sticking. I'm going to stick with everything, everywhere, all at once. I think it feels pretty safe in this category. But yeah, I'm keeping my eye. I, I I'm keep. I'm keeping my eye on Banshees, and uh, 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 I probably should move Women Talking up to three. But yeah. So yeah. So that's our coverage of uh, SAG. Uh, Ray, thanks so much for joining us for this one. I assume we'll probably have you on some future episodes if, if we like you. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. If the check um, clears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, going to say I'm going to I'm I'm going to demand uh, I'm going to demand you know uh, a raise from my from 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 my 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 overlord. zero fee to to zero again next time. <laughs>
Uh, so remember that. <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll have to see because uh, uh, next week we have Mike Lindell from My Pillow joining us. So you know we'll <laughs> we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. You know he'll be joining right here from Minnesota. Um, <laughs> Ray, where can people find you on social media and such? I do have um, I do have a uh, uh, a Twitter. I, I am on Twitter as well, but but uh, I don't really follow it very. Yeah, let's never mind. Let's stick to Facebook. <laughs> and Tony, I know you don't you you do not have Twitter, uh, uh, but they I do can... not. I do not tweet or Twitter or Twitter or anything. Um, <laughs> do you Instagram? I do not. I, okay. I, I do not. I prefer not to be found whenever possible. Um, but you can always read my stuff at goldderby.com. And, you and can mine as well. And you can find my writings at goldderby.com as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at Charles Bright. Uh, everyone, this has been a great episode. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will see you next week. Make sure, Be sure to keep, uh, keep going to goldderby.com. Update your predictions. We are going to be covering all of it as it comes over, as everything happens over the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Thanks so much, everyone. Toodles. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.